What's up, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Ladies Who Bronche. I'm Julissa. What's up, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we don't have a guest with us, actually. So we decided that maybe we should talk a little bit about ourselves and give you some insight on who the fuck we are. So um, Skittles and I are just going to chat about our journeys and what brought us here to this moment of Ladies Who Bronche. Um, And yeah, just fuck around. So Skittles, who the fuck are you? Oh, that is an amazing, amazing, amazing question. Thank you, Julissan. (laughs) (laughs) No, all right. Well, what's up, everybody? My name is Skittles. My government name is Juan Ortiz, but we all go by Skittles on the internet. Um, I am born and bred in the Bronx, New York. Um, growing up between the Co-op City area and the Soundview Morrison area. Shout out to St. Joan of Arc yes. Church. Soundview. <laughs> Shouts to Soundview. Yeah. So I was, like I said, I was born and bred. So I went to PS160 right there in Co-op City. Went to MS180 right there in Co-op City. Um, and in MS180, that's actually where I started um, as a drama major because it was a performing arts middle school. Mm. Um, and yeah, so that's where I was. I had this really cute, um, teacher named Mr. Brown. He looked like Usher. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Brown. And he was just like really hot and he used to work on, um, oh my God, X-Files, X-Files. Or ER, some shit like that. One of those. ER two or X-Files. very different shows. I have no idea. <laughs> but it was, one, it was one of the two shows. And yeah, so I spent fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade as a drama major with Mr. Brown. And then when he left, I was like, over it. And I switched to being a vocal major in eighth grade. And that's when I went to LaGuardia Arts High School, which I do have lineage there. My mother went there as a music major. Shout out to art. mommy. Yes, I also had um, two aunts and an uncle and a cousin that went to LaGuardia. Um, so the Ortiz family is so just yeah, a lag the, family. More, more the Raimundi family, the, more, mm. the Raimundi side of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the artsy, artsy, artsy kid family. Um, and yeah, at, at, or actually a couple of months before going to um, LaGuardia. Well, let me start off by saying, obviously growing up, in the Bronx and being gay was not the funnest thing. So going to LaGuardia was definitely an escape (laughs) from ignorance um, that I was experiencing at the time. And then lo and behold, a couple of months before going to LaGuardia, I met a certain Dominican drama major (laughs) on Sconex.com. Oh my God. I totally didn't even realize you were going to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so (laughs) interestingly enough, yeah. So Sconex was popping right before high school and Mm -hmm. Skittles and I uh, were friends on Sconex. And so before I even met him, I hit him up. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this is so embarrassing now, but um, I hit him up being like, you know, what was it exactly that I said? You remember better than me. You were like, oh, my God, you're from the Bronx and you're out. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was so in shock (laughs) that Juan could be from where I was from and be out of the closet because, you know, homophobia is such and still is, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. such a big thing in our community. Um, 
And so I was like, wow, like I'm going to this magical place where mm-hmm. like people like Quan <laughs> exist, right? <laughs> where someone who understands, you know, my background and where I come from can also say, ooh, me too. I'm an individual and I exist in this world. And for me, mm-hmm. I, it was more feeling like an outcast because I was considered nerdy and white and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was a white girl. She's a white girl. And then I was like, finally a school with white people. Because of course, it was the first time I met mm-hmm. white people outside of the regulars but tell us more so we're in LaGuardia so I went to LaGuardia I spent four years as a voice major um and LaGuardia was just like a playground for the artsy kid because you were able to really experiment with all types of things um and it really was um like a precursor to what college would bring I think for mm. me especially going to having gone to Westminster Choir College. So at LaGuardia, I was able to be in gospel choir and the music singers, which was the songwriting group and stuff like that. I was really able to express Rising myself. Stars. Rising stars. I was really I was really given the chance to really explore myself as an artist at LaGuardia. Even though funny enough, I thought I always felt like I was one of the lesser talented students at LaGuardia. No. But it was a, it was a good time. Anyway, best years of my life. So then I go from there to Westminster Choir College of Rider University, where I studied for music education to become a music teacher. Um, and I made it, I was, my first year was horrible. I tried to transfer the entire year. Um, sophomore year, still trying to transfer. Got into Berkeley College of Music, which was what I thought was my dream school. Huh. Yeah, and then, but I got waitlisted. Mm. So I, if I would have, like, decided to leave I would have had to take a semester off from school and then go back in January and Mm. start over because none of my credits transfer wow so my father was like nah and my mom was like "Mm." and so I basically didn't end up going to Berkeley and I ended up staying at Westminster Choir College making a couple of friends and graduating with a bachelor's of music education um but along the way I had a lot of um, time on my hands, so I created a YouTube channel called Skittles Music TV around my sophomore year, and that was just like an outlet for me to put performances of me doing solo acts, because I did mm-hmm. go to choir college, so it was like right. everything was in choirs, and so I would put covers and stuff like that, and I started doing music parodies. Um, so I did a couple of music parodies with my two best friends, ended up going and doing, um, a couple of more of those. Um, and it kind of became like a regular thing for me to kind of, uh, just keep uploading performances and stuff like that until junior year, winter break, I come back to New York and I left my camera at, at school and I get hit up. By Julissa on Facebook because this video just went viral and she's like, yo, we should make this video. Yeah. And so shit Spanish Girls Say <laughs> came about. And it's funny. I actually like to go back and give credit to Janice because Janice, who is a good friend of mine from church, had commented and been like, yo, you and Skittles should make one. Um, and I was like, wait. Yeah, actually. And then, you know, reached out to you or she might have not said you and Skittles, but she might have said like, oh, you should write one. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, Skittles, like we need to make this video like, duh, Mm -hmm. like you are 
the Spanish girl. Like you are the, <laughs> the one and only. Um, and you know, he didn't have his camera. So I said, you know what, I'm going to hit up my boy, David Zhang and see, cause he has a camera. And at that time, David was really like down and enthusiastic about like just shooting, just mm-hmm. to shoot. Um, and then Skittles, uh, I brought on Melanie Gonzalez cause she was like the more experienced photographer. So right. like, she would be able to help Zhang guide the angles and also be, one of the girls. One of the girls, yeah. yeah. So it, it made sense. Um, and so we sh- filmed for 10 hours. And I remember it was the first time I'd ever spent so many hours working on, like, one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I mean, it was great. It, it was a really, when I think back about that day and even just, like, how, like, uncoordinated we were with things, but mm. how awesome it was because it, it was really coming from a place of, just wanting to make something good good like yeah good like we were we actually did and we cared about being funny we cared about a lot of it but did we know it was gonna go viral Mm-mm. i don't think so i think that you know and i think that that alleviated a lot of the pressures that i feel sometimes now when i work on projects is like being strategic about what we know about like audiences and their attention spans and like what works and what doesn't um so it's harder to just make shit just to make shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really nice in the response. I mean, you know, the video was out. Our friends were laughing. And then Juan hits me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the, the video was uploaded at 12 p.m. And, the noon, and by 8 o'clock, it was on VH1's Best Week Ever. And they had, like, posted it. And so at that point, that's when we knew it was going viral because... Um, the, I remember that the little counting clock like froze at 300. Yeah. And then it kept on updating, but as it kept updating, the number was getting bigger and bigger. Um, and yeah, like the best week ever was that first like. And then oh, Buzzfeed. Shit. Then Buzzfeed Nicola, was on it. Nicole uh, Bitchy, like yeah. world star hip hop. Yeah. Um, all of those people. Yeah, and it was really, really like shocking. I just mm-hmm. like we definitely weren't expecting that. Um, but it was nice and it was a big introduction to what would become the rest of our like spark to continue doing the thing. Cause it was like, mm-hmm. wow, if we can do that essentially with our eyes closed, right? Like what mm-hmm. else could we actually fucking accomplish if we, if we took this thing seriously? And I think, um, you know, getting the Telemundo award nomination was huge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that the nomination had come through and, um, I, I don't know. I will never forget Skittles when we were like waiting in line to get into the limo. Mm-hmm. And I have, was like looking around and I was like, yo, a lot of these motherfuckers are in the novelas that my, <laughs> <laughs> that, that my mom watches. Like I grew up watching these dudes and these women on TV, like crying uh. and being dramatic. And it was a little surreal, actually. <laughs> um, it was a, a little surreal. Um, and then I have a specific memory, too, like in the lobby of that hotel where, where you know, the weekend had to come to an end. We didn't win the award. But I was like, fuck it. Like, we're going to get a Long Island. And mm-hmm. the Long Islands were $16, which in the moment for me, I was like, damn, like that is way too much money for mm-hmm. a drink. But I was like, fuck it. I'm, you know, at least $32, like, we're here, and, like, we're going to be back here at some point. Like, <laughs> like this is, like, the beginning of, like, the journey. I remember feeling that, and that's uh-huh. when we took our awesome pictures in front of the limo before, like, leaving finally to go. Um, and then some other awesome stuff then yes. happened for Skittles, really, after after Shit Spanish, I'll say. 
Yeah, so I've gotten a lot of cool opportunities from Shit Spanish Girls Say in terms of the first one, the first and hugest one being the Telemundo Award um, nomination. Like, that was the first time where we experienced it. Like, it was like, oh, you're going to be flown out and you're going to be here and you're going to be there. And you're gonna, like, that's it. Like, that was the first real yeah. big, like, impact. And the ugly side like, of the thing. business. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was definitely. It was interesting. It was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I was also a lot. Um, oh, my God. Um, well, also with Lock the Bitches because your friend. Right. Knowing, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Katya so McMullen. I've, I've gotten like performance opportunities to perform at the pit and to perform at the flea. Um, collaborations, collaborations. I was able to. I won um, YouTube Next Up in 2016, um, so that gave me money to like upgrade my camera, upgrade my lighting, and stuff like that. Um, it also afforded me the opportunity to meet other big um, YouTubers, and that's how I met like Chuskale and all that stuff. Then um, the casting people at HBO found me on on YouTube and that's how I ended up being on high maintenance for two episodes. Um, and then of course, um, VidCon, which was like another huge thing from the YouTube world. It was very validating kind of to kind of be able to be invited in. Um, thanks to Kat Lazo hooking it up. Shout out the cat uh, call and stuff like that. So it's been cool. There's been a lot of cool things. A lot of cool people met and stuff like that. And Sisa has had like her own like path too mm-hmm. from shit Spanish girls say. Yeah, she's she's become an entire character, I think. Or mostly. And there's she, still there's still way more to to explore about her. Um But she's been like she's worked with people like you know, collaborated mm-hmm. for projects. Um, she has a oh mixtape. Sherry Vine, yeah. yeah, the side to side. We're working on the mixtape. Latinos out. Um, side to side was a really really great one. Um, and a lot of people know Sherry Vine. I didn't know. I didn't realize how famous Sherry Vine was until after the video came out, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been really really wonderful, sort of seeing uh skittles grow even because like with all these great opportunities come like you know learning how to organize yourself better learning Mm. like the best way to draft an email when to say no to certain projects and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um you also had the opportunity to perform at a pride event what was that in connecticut oh yeah yeah, hartford pride and that was for pretty gays yeah that like only had sets on the very beginning it wasn't even yeah no for sure and that wasn't even yeah that wasn't even a, a sad thing but i say that to say like the the visibility and the amount of subscribers that you've gotten over the years has like really really opened up some interesting doors uh-huh. for you uh, yes absolutely mm-hmm. and so you know it's been chill and i think that skittles <laughs> um is honestly like just su- super fucking talented um i mean like yes his youtube channel but like even outside of that um skittles is a bit of a powerhouse so how could i not have skittles as my sidekick on on this bronche journey it only makes sense so yes so now i'm gonna go ahead and ask you the same question julissa (laughs) who the fuck are you who the fuck am i who the fuck cares no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i 
I'm Julissa Contreras, Julissa Yvette Contreras, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a Dominican girl from the Bronx who just can't shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and gets very, very passionate and decided that I was going to put that passion into art and that art was the way that I was going to speak. Um uh, my family's from the Dominican Republic. I have tons and tons of Dominican pride. Um, and I think all of the nuances of what make me who I am has really driven my art. And so my context always plays a big role. So yes, my parents are Dominican. Yes, I was born and raised in the South Bronx, went from CS47 to IS98, um, and then had mm. that magical more moment when I got into LaGuardia High School mm-hmm. and I was um, allegedly the first kid in my middle school since Al Pacino to get into LaGuardia mm-hmm. for drama because they've gotten kids usually in for art, um, mm-hmm. but not really any other the, the, All right. LaGuardia low-key had like a stigma of like all the, all, the, all the hood kids got in easily through the art. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Through art because yeah. we were always, I guess, the best, the strongest like with graffiti. Art program. Yeah, 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 yeah with graffiti yeah. and stuff like that. And, and, and other, yeah, and just like other art forms. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and so that was common, but I got into drama. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting because like at that point in my life, like in middle school, I thought I wanted to be the mayor of New York City. Mm. And so for me, um, I think that's where a lot of like my social justice, like advocacy, you know, muscles come from. I've always had a passion for that. And so naturally, even though I discovered that the arts was ultimately the vessel I wanted to use, that I couldn't shake the part of me. The only reason I wanted to be mayor or anything politically was to change things Mm -hmm. and was to really influence people in their lives. Um, I was doing a thing with uh, the New York Dose yesterday. They were doing an artist spotlight. uh, And I sort of described um, the moment that I realized that I, for some reason, for whatever reason, that I was able to be one of the smart kids, quote unquote, or one of the special kids, Mm -hmm. um, that I always felt a weird privilege in in my position in the South Bronx, Um, you know, I used to hate getting teased about being smart or quote unquote sounding white and all that stuff because it made me feel like I was being separated from my community. Um, and so for many years, like I just felt like an outcast until I realized that I only really ever cared about what was happening to them. And the same people who were shaming me were the same people I wanted to save. And so um, I decided that I wanted to be able to use whatever that privilege was in their name and in their honor. And that's why, you know, even with this podcast, the idea is like the people who I want to communicate with and the people I want to hand the mic to are my people. Mm. Um but anyway, just I, I got off track there. But yeah, so I was in middle school and they had no drama programs whatsoever. Every artistic thing was, as you said, visual arts. And mm-hmm. I just got really lucky that I don't even know what nonprofit sent this white lady to come over and do a Christmas show with us. And the drama club was supposed to be all these kids. It started out with like eight and then dwindled to four. I was mm. the only seventh grader. And I was with a bunch of eighth grade girls who, you know, at first were kind of like, like the young girls here. It was like mean girls a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so like I didn't get to play any of the fun roles. I had to play like Santa Claus because none of them wanted to play a man and like shit like that. Um, But 
doing the show and getting the laughs, like I entertained the shit out of my classmates who were always bullying me. And suddenly it was like, oh, that's how I'm cool. I'm cool because I'm good at acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just didn't want to stop acting, not just because it helped with my popularity, but because I it was exciting to me. I loved seeing the reaction. I loved being able to change people's moods with you know, my performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, we had a poet who came in. And so I did some writing with her and discovered that I was a poet. Um, but I never took writing seriously at that point. So like that was always in the back burner. Fast forward to LaGuardia. Like mm-hmm. I was out here trying to be the first Dominican woman to win an Oscar. Like nobody was telling me nothing. <laughs> I was going to be this big famous actress. And then what happened was is I fell into the whole exposure of being an art kid and what that really meant. So the experimentation mm-hmm. with like smoking pot mm-hmm. and like drinking and doing all that stuff. I let go of that academic like hard hardcore, hard studying Julissa to be a kid essentially and allow myself Mm -hmm. to not because growing up in the Bronx, I could never afford to slip up in those ways Mm -hmm. um, because that meant I was going to be sure to fail. Um, But in LaGuardia, I was around all these white kids who literally like would could say, fuck you, mom. And a chancleta was not coming their way. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It was just such a different level of privilege. And I was like, like, it was like an adrenaline rush for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I dove into that world. And uh, honestly, though, it helped me find like my artistic voice because what started to happen as I started getting older and I was becoming woke little by little, Mm -hmm. I started to be critical about, okay, well, if I'm going to be an actress, what do I look like in this world? Um, and I started to realize that there aren't roles that were written for me that the, were the ones that my, you know, in my head that I would want to play. Like when I was a little kid, I wanted to be Julia. I didn't want to be just another nurse in a Shakespeare play or another mm. maid in a Shakespeare play. I wanted to be the lead. Um, but being in the basement with all these like beautiful blonde white girls, like that wasn't happening <laughs> for me, you know. Um, and it's almost like uh, women of colors had to have like twice the chops to get the roles and not saying like the teachers were racist or anything like that, but just like naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was like, wow, I have to fight in this field to just get what I maybe deserve for my acting skill. Like I deserve to just get cast, but I'm not seen that way at a glance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for my senior project, I wrote a play and I wrote this short play um, and it wasn't that serious. And like we had to cast our friends and nobody took the shit serious because everybody had senioritis. Um, but one of the teachers there was like, hey, you know, I, I actually think you're a playwright. Like this was quite good and mm-hmm. I think you should consider it. And I sort of brushed him off. Um, and then whatever, we graduate LaGuardia. I go to Brooklyn College for television and radio because I decided that television and radio were some of the places in which I saw some representation of myself at least a little bit like growing up with La La Mega or even like Hot 97 and knowing that Angie Martinez was a thing Mm. was exciting to me because I'm like yeah and like I don't know her and like I don't follow her but for some reason when she speaks on the radio like I listen and I know that like her opinion and what she says on things like I trust her there's a credibility and it's almost like she's one of like the reporters on the ground even though that's not even what she was um but I always wanted that I always wanted to be some sort of voice and then Oprah and I would think of Oprah and I'm like but Mm -hmm. we have Christina and so like why can't I be a Christina slash Oprah, right? Because I didn't know how to call myself an Afro-Latina. I didn't have the vocabulary for that back then. But I was like, like an Oprah Cristina. Like, you know what I mean? And mm. that led me to decide that TV radio was the best path for me. And I didn't go to school for acting. Like, 
pretty much all of my friends did. Um, throughout those years, though, I um, and before even graduating high school, I joined a program called MCC Youth Theater Company. And they really, really helped me find my artistic voice. Like they were the ones who told me, well, first of all, I had permission to be uncensored so I could write pieces where I was cursing. And, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even abuse that sort of freedom. I was writing pieces about, to like the mayor about like taking away free school Metro cards or, you know, politics, shootings, Mm -hmm. you know, black lives before black lives matter was a thing like those were the types of things that i was addressing artistically just naturally because that was what was always most present to me in my mind um even more than the boys and i was always boy crazy (laughs) and i've always been boy crazy you know what i mean but like even then artistically like that part of my brain was more active and took over so i go to mcc um, I'm in MCC up until my first year of college, um, and that first year of college is when I did more than just the acting program, and I did the playwriting program, and that's where I found Lucy Thurber. And Lucy Thurber, um, after I had written my first play, and I got into this thing called Fresh Play Festival, where they sort of like work, and it was the first time that I had written an a, a play, and B, had like real actors and a real director in a room with me working on my shit, like a professional. Um, and it was a challenge for me because, you know, I was always good academically in school. Like I can do shit with my eyes closed in Mm -hmm. school, but with this, I actually needed to stop and think, and I needed to be honest about the moments where I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And like, I I needed to hear and trust directors and, you know, listen to what actors needed in order to make my story what it was. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, but at the end of it, um, when, uh, Lucy was giving like the closing speech for my night, she introduced me as uh, one of the next great American playwrights. Mm. And I remember being like, what? (laughs) 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 Bitch, I didn't sign up for that. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um, But it was so important in that moment, and it was one of the most validating moments, I think, for me artistically, to understand that who I was artistically wasn't limited to being a school program that Mm. I could actually go out into the world and be that person and have that be my life's work. Um, And so ever since that moment, though, I've struggled. And oftentimes I'm like, oh, I'm not a good writer. Like, I'm not a playwright. And then, like, life gets in the way, and I don't want to write, and I can't write. Um, But I'll do, like, little projects in between, and I've been privileged to do projects. um, Like, being in Middle Voice, which was, you know, helped to be curated with Lucy Thurber, and it's a bunch of the alumni from MCC Theater, but really just young artists throughout the country who come from different backgrounds, um, who get together and create art for the company in the capacity that they come with. So whether you're a writer, director, set designer even, like, we're comprised of those people. Um, And I'm privileged to be part of that group. I've been privileged to work with Mighty Shiro Productions and go... um, into a prison in upstate New York and performed the vagina monologues. And we did that with Eve Ensler, who's the writer of vagina monologues. And we performed with the actors of Orange is the New Black to do that, to bring art to women who are incarcerated and also have women who were formerly incarcerated being in the cast with us, performing this powerful piece, writing pieces uh, so that the Brooklyn DA's office can reconsider uh, certain laws around how women are treated in prisons, you know, and writing plays that reflect the story of those women and, you know, going into, you know, mental health facilities, different communities, universities to have conversations around race, gender identity, socioeconomic class, and then create artistic pieces around those conversations uh, with James Baldwin driving the conversation. Like 
just so many different weird projects that I've done that allow me to do what I love, which is social justice and then still creating art and writing things from scratch. And, you know, and then shit like Spanish Girl Say happens, right? Like mm. in between that where it's like, yeah, well, there's a fun side to my art where it's just creating shit to create it. Um, and then having that go viral was another moment of validation where it was like, well, bitch, if get bored more often, like write mm. more <laughs> like shit like that so that you can have an outlet. Um, and there's so many projects I can't even like think of, think of off the top of my head that I've done, but even more recently working with Lenny letters and writing a podcast episode on Dominican hair salons. Mm -hmm. That's huge for me. Um, not just because it's Lenny letters, like fuck Lena Dunham, (laughs) but, (laughs) but because, you know, I can tell a story about my people and writing, uh, for the cat call. And being able to like, again, again, like, you know what I mean? Like community. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about our community of artists, too, though, is like the fact that Kat has been such a great support to both of us is she Mm -hmm. doesn't owe it to anyone. She is just kind. And that's the kind of kindness that's going to help us all get to the place we need to be. But anyway, but like writing for her this season even was such a fucking privilege. Going to the YouTube to VidCon with you was such an awesome moment. Um, and so many things that I've done in between nonprofit work and all that stuff. I'm just here as an artist. And I think that that ball of energy is always bouncing up inside of me. And so I said, you know what? We need a podcast. Mm. I remember we were walking down. I'll never forget. It was, uh, we were on ninth Avenue and we were walking up North and we had just walked out of this past this Mexican restaurant and I had said something about our mo- We had made some sort of joke and we were laughing really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, I think we should do like a podcast or something. Like, I think we're actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that people would listen to us. Um, and some of the shit we say, like, think about it. And then I was like trying to give you examples of like different like radio shows and things. And I'm like, come on, like if people watch this, like mm-hmm. they'll listen to us. If they listen to this, they're going to listen to us. And mm-hmm. we already have an audience from shit Spanish girls say, but think about it. What podcasts do they have? Does our audience mm-hmm. have? Um, and at the time, like when the idea had came out of my mouth, at least, you know, two dope queens wasn't really around. Like Bodega Boys wasn't around. A lot of the explosion mm-hmm. of podcasts that exist didn't exist mm-hmm. at that moment. Um, and so, you know, it took a while to get to this point where we even recorded and took it seriously. But the the idea of Lady Subronche is not just oh, this is what the next thing that the shit Spanishes girls say project team is gonna do. It's mm-hmm. not actually about that. It's about creating a moment of conversation for yes that audience yes for us like i'm a dominican girl from the south bronx skittles is uh i was about to say dominican <laughs> it's a Puerto Rican boy. <laughs> from the bronx you know mm. what i mean and our context and what we've lived has played a really really big role in who we are in our art mm-hmm. and so like yes my voice fucking matters it can sound as cocky or whatever but the same way people can listen to a tommy lauren go on and on like Yes, there's a Julissa in the world and there's a Skittles in the world. And every person who has so far sat in the chair beside us to do an episode, it's not just, oh, yeah, that's my friend. So I'm just going to have my friend on the podcast. There's something special about each individual person who has sat here and their voice Mm -hmm. matters. So, um, you know, and I don't know, Skittles, what you feel about that. But there is something really special about being able to give the mic to others. Mm hmm especially after our, you know, experience and glow up 
in essence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really want to do this for our audiences to feel like, yes, we have a thing we can listen to. It doesn't have to be super buttoned up. It does not have to be super politically correct. This is not about who sounds more like NPR and who sounds more like world star hip hop. It does not like those extremes and everything in between. This is a table of conversation. And yes, we do love brunch. Mm-hmm. And yes, we do get fucked up at brunch. Mm-hmm. But from those moments do come some really, really serious, much needed dialogue around things that are happening in the world. And I figure, well, fuck it. Let's all talk. Let's all have the conversation. Let's eat. Let's drink. Let's laugh about Cardi B and then cry about a black life that didn't matter this week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, let's celebrate each other. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's have difficult conversations and allow everybody else to chime in. And so we hope to continue to let this grow. There's so many wonderful things we can do with this podcast. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is support. We can't make it without the support of those who love us, those who maybe don't agree, but want to, you know, want to share or, you know, may not listen, but know someone who would love what we do here. Um, it's important. Dialogue mm. is important right now and representation is important. And I'm just hoping to do a little bit of that. As a YouTuber coming onto the project and seeing like the growth of like um, podcasts and other YouTubers getting on their own podcasts and seeing how it's just kind of a way to um, have an outlet to express my opinion that doesn't necessarily get seen because a lot of my content is um, so entertainment-based. So I was, what intrigued me about it was getting the opportunity to reach out to to the same type of audience that I reach on YouTube, but have them see that I'm not just like a guy who dresses up and women's clothing with lip liner and like says right. stupid shit to make you laugh. Um, so that was definitely kind of important for me when I just I agreed to do it with you. But I also just like believed in the idea period. Like the minute that you kind of presented it, I just kind of uh, believed in it and knew that sticking to this idea and 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 um, being faithful to it would eventually um, come to something positive coming to fruition or whatever um but yeah i'm just excited to see <laughs> where right, it goes where it like goes from here and and the potential and how it can carry over bitch i'm trying to get paid for shit like this right you know? like, how like, i don't want to be a teacher paid. anymore no, right. <laughs> let me not say that i'm, I'm, I'm right, recording right. no but, but you, you know, know like in the sense of yeah well you're a teacher and you're giving to these kids but how much more can you give if you also go out and fulfill your own dreams you know mm-hmm. what i mean like totally i don't want to just work for we work like mm-hmm. i want we work to be paying me to like feature and like speak to the fucking whole company on like my glow up you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. that's the type of moves we want to make and it's really so that we can continue bringing up those who need to be brought up it's our time Mm -hmm. it's and I love that idea of um the 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 kind of community that we've kind of built in terms of Cat Lazo and our relationship with the New York Dose and other YouTubers and creators that we've come into contact with and had the pleasure of working with along the way yeah. And we'll have the pleasure of working with along the way. I'm just interested to see where where it plays a part and how big it'll get or where where it leads. 
So Skittles, where can people follow us <laughs> and support us? At this point, if you're new to our channel, you can follow us at Ladies Who Brunch on Instagram. You can also follow us at Ladies Who Brunch on Facebook. You can follow us at Ladies Brunch on Twitter. Um, we are on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, um, and all of your favorite streaming apps. Um, you can follow me at The Real Skittles, also Skittles Music TV on YouTube, The Real Skittles on Twitter, Juan Skittles Ortiz on Facebook. Go stream Latino on all your favorite streaming apps right after you hear this episode. And you can find Julissa at Julissa, J-E-W-L-E-E-S-A-H, <laughs> just so we're clear, different spelling, um, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, you know, if you know me, you know me. Um, mm. But follow the Ladies Who Bronche page um, mm. and definitely keep posted on what we do artistically there because it's not just the, the podcast. We do also keep you guys up to date with things that we're doing. So definitely mm. follow the page. Um, thank you guys for tuning in again. And until next time, Bronche. <laughs> <laughs>